Love Church here in Gamaria, Kentucky, and beautiful Sunday morning. We want to welcome all of you on Facebook Live here in the building and, of course, on the blog later or wherever you might look at this later or hear it. Praise God. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 24 and verse 1. We'll begin there. We begin talking about the resurrection last week. Of course, last Sunday was Resurrection Sunday, Easter. Easter just means Passover. It's in the King James translation. But it's also considered a pagan holiday. So we call it Resurrection Day. That's what it is. And we're going to talk about the resurrection today again, maybe uh, on a longer term. We don't want to just talk about it once a year. We talk about it every week, but we're going to study some things about it. We're going to review, of course, what we talked about last week. Luke chapter 24, and verse 1. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were there, or it, it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Father, we love you, we praise you, we glorify you, we magnify you, and we bless you. We thank you, as always, for your blessed holy word. We thank you for the anointing upon your word. We thank you for our ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds to be open to the glorious light of your word. We believe you today as a group for utterance in the Holy Spirit to proclaim the truth of your word that makes people free. We thank you for spiritual freedom in a free country where we are free to worship, praise, pray, speak, and teach your word without fear of retribution or reprisal. Father, we thank you that your word is true. You're not a man to lie, nor the son of man to repent. What you said you'll do, what you spoke, you'll make good. We thank you, Father, that we need no man to teach us. We're taught by the unction, the Holy Spirit that lives within us as believers. Father, we thank you that our preaching, teaching, witnessing, and ministering isn't with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it's in demonstration of your spirit and power. So our faith doesn't stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. So we honor you today, we magnify you, we praise you, and we bless you, and we thank you for the privilege of fellowshipping around your word. Thank you for your word. Father, we believe we receive, according to Mark 11:24, revelation, heart knowledge for each of us in your word and about your word, and fill ourselves with your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we talked last week, as I said, about the resurrection on Resurrection Sunday. And we said that, uh, of course, there was purpose behind it. Jesus had purpose 
beyond the resurrection. And we looked at five things, uh, not an exhaustive list, but uh, five things and reasons for uh, his purpose and for the resurrection. Uh, not in any specific order here. The first one we looked at was that he came to purchase our healing and health. In, in Matthew 27 and verse 26, don't turn there, but uh, it says that Pilate had Jesus scourged, beaten with a, a Roman whip, cat of nine tails, scourged. Why would he have him do that? Well, he did it. Pilate didn't know it, but he did it for our healing. Jesus took that for our healing and health. Otherwise, he could have taken him straight to the cross and crucified him. He was going to crucify him anyway. Well, what's the need of a scourging? He took that for us. By his stripes, we were healed, 1 Peter 2.24 says. By his stripes, we are healed, Isaiah 53 and verse 5 says. So he took that for us. The Bible says it, and Jesus did that for us. Second thing, he came... And not only came, but he, he was resurrected for our abundant life. John 10, 10, of course, the dividing line of the covenant. The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus said. But I come that they might have life, that you might have life, and have it more abundantly. More abundant life. He came that we would have abundant life. He was resurrected from the dead uh, to purchase that abundant life for us. Not only uh, not only for eternity, but for now on this earth. You know, abundance means uh, overflowing, excessive, uh, fullness, all, all that, abundance. He came to provide abundant life. His purpose in the resurrection was for abundant life also. For Provision, abundant provision. The third thing we said was to provide eternal life for us. Of course, that, that should probably be listed first, but, uh, you know, he, he did that for us. The Bible says without, in, in Hebrews 9.32, without the, the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin, no forgiveness of sin. And, and his blood was shed. Sins were forgiven in Pilate's judgment hall. Sins were forgiven on the cross. The resurrection provided our eternal life. Praise God. The fourth thing we said was to teach us. Teach us. Look at John chapter 14. We're still reviewing, of course. But this, is some, uh, this is scripture we should consider every day. John chapter 14. Verse 25 says, These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the Helper, Comforter, Counselor, Advocate, Intercessor, Strengthener, Standby, Guide, Teacher, the Comforter, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. He's teaching us. He's teaching us right now. We have the Comforter. If you're born again, you have a measure of the Holy Spirit. He's teaching you. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're full, full to overflowing. 
the Spirit of God. Praise God. Peace I leave with you, verse 27. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't be troubled by the things of the world. The world's not going to give you comfort and peace. He came to give it to us. He came to teach us. He was resurrected to give us peace and comfort. He was resurrected to teach us. Number five that we said was the joy of his kingdom. Hebrews chapter 12. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, patience, the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher, my margin says the originator and perfecter of our faith. Originator and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The joy of the kingdom. He took the cross, the resurrection, for the joy of the kingdom. He dis despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What great joy. Because we're seated right there with him right now, positioned at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. Jesus, some of Jesus' purposes for coming and for the resurrection. Praise God. Well, why, why celebrate the Lord's Supper then? Well, because he instituted it, first of all, to do in remembrance of him. You know, we saw... And don't turn there, but in John 6, we noted some things. I mean, you can turn there if you're quick on the draw, but I'm going to read it. John 6, 35 says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Never hunger. Never thirst. Well, does that mean physical food? That's not what he's talking about. Uh, people, it says the Jews complained in verse 41 about him because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. They said, isn't, isn't this Jesus, son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it that he says, then I've come down from heaven? He, he told him, don't murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me. Unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Praise God. He said over here in verse 53, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Excuse me, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. 
Now that's talking, of course, from a spiritual sense. To be understood that way. Most of his disciples, not his, not the twelve, but most of his disciples didn't understand it that way. Verse 60 says, Therefore many of his disciples, when they heard this, says, This is a hard saying, or, or a, a difficult saying, we, we would say. Who can understand it? Well, they didn't. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? We're going to talk about the ascension. Not today, but maybe ongoing. Uh, it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, uh, and who did not believe, and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back, left, and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, Do you also want to go? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Praise God. So, you know, they, they stayed with him, of course, but he lost a lot of followers. Preaching the word, teaching a spiritual thing. And they were, you know, they were taken up literally. So, you know, when we when we take the Lord's Supper, it's to do this in remembrance of him. That's what he said, do it in remembrance of me, whatever you do it. Do it in remembrance of me. It's, it's not the actual body and blood of Jesus. It's not transubstantiation or whatever they call it. It doesn't become that. There's no need for that. It's an emblem, a symbol. It's not necessary for salvation as we know it. It's necessary for testimony, healing, and strengthening our entire being. Praise God. And that's why we have communion. So, uh, and we said too, that the victory is not at the cross. The victory is in the resurrection. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Well, that brings us up to today. And I want us to look at the definition of resurrection. It's the Greek word anastasis, Strong's 386, a standing up again, a standing up again, restoration to life, rising from the dead, a compound of ana, which is again, A-N-A, again, and uh, histemi, to stand, like a histamine blocker would block to stand against histamines in your body. Histemi, to stand. The resurrection of Jesus is the first fruits or prototype of a future resurrection of all that are in the grave. Praise God. Thank God. Anastasis is the coming resurrection that occurs at the judgment day. Another usage of anastasis is a moral recovery of spiritual truth. A moral recovery of spiritual truth. Thank God. 
and we have to count, you know, if, if we're going to do that, we have to look at the things of this earth and count them as garbage, like Paul said, count them as dung, garbage, for the excellency of the knowledge of him. Look at Philippians chapter 3. We're going to stay in the New King James Version for right now, but I'm going to switch to the Amplified Classic in a minute here. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it's safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evildoers, or evil workers, beware of the mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so, this is Paul speaking, of course, but by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these things I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, or garbage, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain or uh, arrive at the resurrection from the dead. Now, that's a little blind to us. That makes it look like, you know, we have to do something, uh, you know, as works or to, uh, you know, works are right, good works are good, and we're here, we're Christ's workmanship, but that doesn't save us. Uh, we'll look at that. That's why we're going to look at it in the Amplified Classic Translation. Uh, the power of his resurrection. We have to know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Praise God. So we can obtain that same resurrection. So if, if you have a, a, an Amplified Classic, you don't have to, but if you do, look at Philippians chapter uh, 3 and verse 9. And this, this is thoroughly amplified. You know, when we talk about the amplified translation, it's amplified because it, that's what it does. It expounds it out to the, to the point where the Greek words are expanded and, and it helps us understand it. You know, personally, I can't sit down and, and just read the amplified translation, but it's a great help in studying um, Verse 9, that I may actually be found and known in him, 
not having any self-achieved righteousness that can be called my own, based on my obedience to the law's demands or ritualistic uprightness and supposed right standing with God thus acquired, but possessing that genuine righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the anointed one, the truly right standing with God which comes from God by saving faith. For my determined purpose, verse 10, is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection, the power outflowing from his resurrection. Can you imagine the power? The power outflowing from his resurrection, which it exerts over believers, and that I may so share his sufferings to be continually transformed into his likeness, even to his death. Sufferings that you share are going to be persecution. We're not going to be Beaten in Pilate's judgment on, we're not going to be hung on a cross. Praise God. Thank God that's been done. In spirit, into his likeness, even to his death, in the hope that if possible, I may attain to the spiritual and moral resurrection that lifts me out from among the dead, even while in the body. Praise God. Resurrection while in the body. And if you look at it that way, you have to look at this. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Of course, a wonderful chapter 8 of Romans has so much in it. 39 verses of of, uh, wonderful teaching. But verse 11 says, well, let me, let me build up to it. Uh, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Plain and simple. For to be carnally or fleshly minded is death, but to spirit, be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If you're not born again, you're not his. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, quicken your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. That Spirit that put out that power to raise Jesus from the dead dwells in us. 
if we're born again. Praise God. You know, that that's wonderful news to me. I don't know about you. Well, I sure don't feel like that. doesn't matter how you feel. If you're born again, He dwells in you. He lives in you. The Comforter that we talked about earlier in John 15, 14, 15, this, the, the Comforter, Helper, Advocate, Intercessor, Strengthener, Standby, Teacher, Guide, He dwells in you. He raised Jesus from the dead. He will also quicken, make alive your mortal bodies. Praise God. Praise God. We've got to get the grasp of that. It's that same Spirit. The power of His resurrection dwells in us. We have to know Him intimately and the power of that resurrection. We've got to know Him intimately. It can't be just a casual, uh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe this. I believe that. The devils believe and tremble. They're not born again. They don't believe in Him, trust in Him, rely on Him and cling to Him. For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him, trusts in Him, relies on Him and clings to Him, won't perish, but have eternal life. You won't spend any time in the lake of fire. You won't spend any time in the devil's presence. Because of that power that lives in us. We have to remember Him through communion and daily study. Some people take communion every day. More than once a day. We were listening to Brother Copeland's meetings this week. He carries around communion kit with him. Takes communion every day. People say, why, why do we do that? We're not that denomination. We're not any denomination. Communion is not a denominational thing. We've been over that while we take it. We remember Jesus. We commune with Him. Praise God. It's because we want an intimate fellowship, an intimate relationship with Him. You can take communion anytime you want. It doesn't have to be Resurrection Sunday or Christmas or Thanksgiving week or once a month or whatever. Anytime you want. It's a good time too for spouses to join their faith together in prayer with their families and, and, and apply the blood. Praise God. First John chapter 4 and verse 19 we'll close with this. I'm going to build up to this one too. From verse 17. Well, let's let's look start at 16. I read this before, but let's we've read it before, we'll read it again. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Intimately abiding in him. Verse 17. Love has been perfected, made complete among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. No fear. No fear of, uh, of governmental things. No fear of death. No fear of dying. Excuse me. No fear of the future. No fear of the past. No fear of spiders. There's no fear in love. Perfect love. Complete love casts out fear. Verse 19. And we have to exercise this 
We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Not because we deserved it, not because we did anything to earn it, but because he first loved us. Praise God. Father, we love you. We do love you from the depths of our heart, and we thank you. We praise you and we bless you. We love you because you first loved us. Not for what you've done, but for who you are. And for what you've done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the power of your resurrection, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that power living within us, Father. Oh, we consider it a privilege to be part of your kingdom. It doesn't matter what's going on on this earth. Jesus said, His peace He's given us and leaving with us. Not as the world gives. Thank God. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. We're not troubled. We're not afraid. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. If you're out there and you're listening to this, on the blog or at Facebook Live or anywhere, and you say, well, I, you know, I don't have that love in me because I'm not born again. I've never made Jesus my Savior and Lord of my life. The Bible says now is the accepted time, now is the day of salvation. And now and that doesn't change. That's that, that word every day of the week, every week of the year. Now, now is the accepted time. Pray this prayer with us. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts, God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. Live intimately with him. Romans 10, 13 says, Those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Call upon him today. He said in John 6:37, if they come, I won't cast them out. I won't turn them away. Praise God. Pray with us. Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus, just as I am. Your word says if I come, you won't cast me out. I repent of all my past sins and ask your forgiveness in Jesus' name. Come into my life, Jesus, as my Savior, and I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you, Father. I'm now your child. I'm born again, born from above. Thank you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit to overflowing, and I'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance, and I'll live that life in the Spirit. Thank you, Father, for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for filling me. And thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, if you prayed that prayer for the first time or to come back to the Lord or to be filled with the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, get to a good church. A word-believing, word-teaching, word-living, word-doing church. Sit under good teaching, people that are teaching the full gospel, the unadulterated, full word of truth. 
get on television, online, wherever. If you do, uh, listen to ministers who are preaching the full gospel. Get into a good daily devotional. Read the Word daily. As much of it as you can. Fill yourself with the Word of God. Praise God. Thanks for joining us this week. Have a blessed rest of the day, blessed weekend, and a blessed week.